Welcome to another Big Presentations podcast mini-cast. A little bit of a teaser and a taste of what you're going to get in the upcoming full episode next week. Now, we're going to have a little bit of a challenge here because we are going to talk about impromptu speeches. And so we're going to try to do that more or less on the spot. So, Mike, let's start with yeah. you. Since, since okay, what you, you got? You're the man okay. with the plan. So right. when you walk in to give a presentation, a big presentation in a small room, what are you looking for first? Like, what is the thing that is going to catch you? Okay. When I first walk into a room, I believe the most important thing to look for is the tech setup. Okay. How am I going to plug in my laptop? And is there a need for any kind of microphone or anything like that? The tech setup is the first thing that I look for because other things that might have to be changed uh, are easy to recruit anybody who comes into the room to change. So if we need to change the room setup, first few people come in, I can say, hey, could you move this around or do this for me? Most of the other types of things are that way. Tech setup, if it's not intuitive uh, or if it's you can't find where to plug in, you're going to have to get somebody in there to show you how to do it. And depending on the type of setup, it might uh, determine or limit your ability to present in the way that you'd like to. So maybe you can't use presenter mode because they've got a wireless setup that only works on mirror mode. So all of a sudden presenter modes out of the picture. You need to know that stuff as soon as possible. And happened to be just recently, I went in to deliver a presentation. I said, so how do we hook up? What's well, just a wireless? So they hook it up. It overrides my presentation mode, puts it in mirror mode. I said, is there any way to, to use presentation mode? Ah, uh, yeah, but we're going to have to have this cable and this cable. I've got them with me right now. Let's do it. So we're able to make that switch. And I, I was able to have the ideal situation because we were able to troubleshoot it. But if, if we had dealt with other things first, we would have run out of time. I would have been stuck with mirror mode. So that's why the first thing I'm looking for when I walk into a room is the tech setup. Nicely done. I like that. That was good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. All right. So I got a, I got a question for you. Okay. All right. So uh, let's say that you are, are talking to a potential client, let's say for a, a wedding DJ gig. Okay. What is something that you want to make sure that you discover from them? What's something you're looking for? It's like, I need to make sure I know this. For me, the biggest thing that I want to know that I think is also interesting because clients get impressed that you ask this because it's something they're not thinking okay. about is I want to know what song do you absolutely not want to hear at your <laughs> wedding reception? Because everyone okay. always thinks, well, I want this song for this dance, this song for this dance. All that's great. But I believe that it's most important to have the song that they want to avoid because if it's adding another song, that's super easy. People will come up and request stuff. They'll come up with something. But that reaction that you get from playing the song that the bride or the groom or maybe one of their family members who's really important to them hate with a passion, that's something that you can't pull back. You may be able to stop Ooh, the song, right. but right. whatever emotional reaction they have to that is instant. And it's right there. And it can kill the mood. So you don't want that. Uh, so here's a great right. example. I asked this of a recent wedding client. And normally I don't end up with many of these at all who have something that they instantly come to mind of like, oh yeah, don't want this song. But he did. <laughs> and this was very specific. The most I've ever had. He said, I do not want to hear journey. Don't stop believing. This is one of the most requested songs that you get in any setting. Like this is a 
top five most requested song for a party or wedding DJ. And so I said, okay, not a problem. I absolutely will not play that. Consider it done. Have to know though. What's the deal with that song? (laughs) He says, oh, he goes, first off, let me tell you, my groomsmen are 100% going to ask you to play that song because they know that I hate it. But the reason why I hate that song is because when I lived in Austin, Texas, and was going to college, I lived right next door to the broiest frat bar in all of Austin. And every night they shut it down at 3 a.m. and they played Don't Stop Believing." And you cannot keep a love for that song after hearing a ton of drunk frat guys singing that at 3 in the morning at the top of their lungs right next door. I hate that song now. <laughs> so for him, that song brings up memories of being sleepy, annoyed, angry. He doesn't want to hear it because it drudges up all of that memory and baggage that's attached to that song. <laughs> so I told him, not a problem. No big deal at all. So for me, that's the reason why I always want to know what song will kill your big day if you hear it at your wedding reception so that I can avoid that. Very good. Nicely done. That's so right. As, as you listen to, to both of our uh, impromptu speeches, you may notice that they're somewhat similar. That's because we're both following a formula, a super easy to, to remember formula that allows you to structure your thoughts quickly in order to answer a question. And we're going to share that formula with you in the full cast where we talk about how to approach impromptu speeches. And man, there's things you can do to prepare for an impromptu speech. I know you think that's that feels impossible, but it's not. There's things you can do to prepare. Knowing a formula like we just used is one of those things. So make sure that you tune in next time to our full cast as we talk about how to deliver big presentations, even the impromptu ones in small rooms. I hope you're enjoying this week's podcast. We had so much fun making it, and we had so much fun thinking in terms of sharing information that you could just take and use, of of sharing uh, images and, and stories that you can think, yeah, I've been there. I've had to face that kind of thing. That was also the approach that was taken to the book, Big Presentations in Small Rooms. We wanted to make sure that it was enjoyable to read and practical to use. So if you deliver presentations at work or in your nonprofit or volunteer work, please do yourself a favor and pick up a copy of the book, Big Presentations in Small Rooms. You'll enjoy the read and it will help you deliver better presentations. It's available at Amazon in print and ebook format or even as an audio book. We'll have the link in the show notes. So go there, use it and get yourself a copy of Big Presentations in Small Rooms.